If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Star Wars 7x7, episode 2764. Return of the Mandalorian is chapter 5 in the Book of Boba Fett, and as a standalone episode of Star Wars live-action television, it's great. Zooming out to see it as one episode among five in a series called The Book of Boba Fett, and this season is getting more confusing than ever. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So here we are with Chapter 5, Return of the Mandalorian, and we are in full spoiler territory, so there's your fair warning. I mean, the title itself is almost a spoiler if it weren't for the fact that we had that very direct on-the-nose music cue at the end of Chapter 4. I mean, you're going to put the Mandalorian's theme in there, so obviously you kind of got to show the Mandalorian and do so pretty quick. And they do that for sure because this episode brings the Mandalorian into the world of the Book of Boba Fett. But it doesn't just bring the Mandalorian in, it lets him take over the whole show. I mean, really, this episode is, for all intents and purposes, a season three prologue, if you will. It could have been the premiere episode of season three of The Mandalorian for all the time that we spent and all the setup that it does for what is to come. We find out how the armorer and her covert survive the Great Purge. We find out that she and Paz Vizsla are the only survivors of the events of season one of The Mandalorian. We get the whole backstory with Bo-Katan and the Great Purge and the Night of a Thousand Tears. And the armorer talks about this being like prophesied basically because of the fact that Sabine Wren gave the Darksaber to Bo-Katan rather than Bo-Katan winning it in combat. And we get a preview of four, count them, four different drivers of The Mandalorian Season 3. We know that he wants to go see Grogu again, so he's going to be following up on that. And I don't even know how he knows where Grogu is. It isn't like they said, hey, let's keep in touch, and Luke said, "Uh, here's my card, or anything like that. So there's that. Then there's the fact that Bo-Katan, of course, as we've talked about previously on the show, very badly wants that Darksaber and is going to try and take it from him and he knows and is aware of this and so how that gets reconciled is another thing because she won't let him just hand it to her apparently that went badly the last time something like that happened a third thing is that Bo-Katan isn't going to be the only one after the Darksaber. As Paz Vizsla demonstrates, there are other Mandalorians who may be scattered to the four winds, but they are going to be coming after him as well if they have any grand ideas about becoming the leader of Mandalore and Mandalorians. 
And last but not least, because the Mandalorian is now no longer a Mandalorian, according to the armor, he has to go bathe in the living waters underneath the mines of Mandalore. The mines have been destroyed, but he's going to have to figure out how to do that if he wants to get back in the armorer's good graces. And I have a feeling he probably does. So I think we're going back to Mandalore, which we've talked about here on the show as well. But I mean, think about that. We have an episode of the Book of Boba Fett that basically sets up all of the major conflicts and dramas, or a lot of them, enough of them, in fact, for season three of The Mandalorian. Meanwhile, we get another great turn from Amy Sedaris as Peli Mato, and boy, oh boy, the whole thing about having dated a Jawa once, they're very furry, and she keeps repeating it throughout the show. <laughs> that's just fantastic. I really love that. And we also get Carson Teva back, so that's Paul's son, Young Lee, and he has a new wig man with this Lieutenant Reed person, so Trapper Wolf, I guess, is off on his own missions. And then there are some things that are just, I think, pretty much straight up fan service, right? Like sending the Mandalorian through Beggar's Canyon and there's a womp rat right near the end of it before then he zooms out. I mean, that's basically what Luke was doing in Skyhoppers, although to the Mandalorian's credit, he didn't shoot the womp rat, so that was nice. And the fact that he's flying an N1 Naboo Starfighter, well, there's your nod to the prequel fans. And a BD unit droid, that's a nod to the fans of Jedi Fallen Order. Very timely with that showing up, considering they just announced that there's going to be a sequel to that, officially now. But the episode only has the barest tie-in to the Book of Boba Fett. It takes place at that end scene, when Fennec Shan shows up and says, yeah, we need muscle, and she's got money for him, and he says, tell him it's on the house, I just gotta go visit a little guy first. So... All right, there's your tie-in for the Book of Boba Fett, but does this mean that the Mandalorian is not going to be involved in these last two episodes because he's going to go try and find Grogu? Like he said, yeah, I'll help out, but I got to go check on my little friend first. And unless I'm terribly mistaken, but Boba Fett kind of needs the help now, right? I mean, all these pikes are showing up on commercial Starliners, and isn't it funny that for all of his bounty hunting jobs until he gets a new ship, the Mandalorian has to fly commercial in order to go hunt his bounties. I think that's rather a silly proposition, but a very realistic and well-executed one in the realm of the show. But as enjoyable as it was, and it had a lot to recommend it, it's just so odd as part of the Book of Boba Fett, right? I mean, it really is something that belongs more with season three of The Mandalorian, and even the one nod to the Book of Boba Fett and the events going on around it is just set aside immediately with The Mandalorian saying, yeah, I'll help out, but I gotta go do this thing first. So how is that gonna work out? Uh, just... This is such an interesting season, and there are some really fascinating things going on, but it feels really unfocused at the same time. And one other thing I will add, if Bryce Dallas Howard wants to have a Star Wars series all for herself, please, Lucasfilm, please allow me to add my voice to the chorus of voices and say yes, unreservedly, wholeheartedly yes. If she wants a series, please give Bryce Dallas Howard a Star Wars series of her very own. Whether it was the action in the slaughterhouse or even that two minute tracking shot that happens when the Mandalorian's going to collect his bounty. I mean, 
she does a spectacular job. She has been doing a spectacular job for Lucasfilm, and she deserves it. She really deserves it. So there you go. That's what I've got for you on Return of the Mandalorian, which is Chapter 5 in the Book of Boba Fett somehow. <laughs> and that is going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Seven is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.